When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kristen Wagoner is the CEO, President, and General Counsel of Alliance Defending Freedom. She leads this faith-based legal organization in protecting fundamental freedoms and promoting the inherent dignity of all people throughout the United States and around the world. We're thrilled to have her back with us on Takeaways. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Kristen, there's been a lot of talk recently about religious liberty. Uh, I've been running into and bumping up against this issue myself, and we want to talk more about it because I think it's becoming uh, mission critical that we understand our rights that lead to liberty in the United States, or we could actually lose them. So could we start by you explaining to us what does the term religious liberty mean in America today? It should mean the freedom to be able to speak and to live consistent with our convictions. It doesn't just apply to the Christian religion, it applies to other convictions, religious convictions and faiths as well, but it is about the limitation on government not to force us to do things and to say things Mm. that violate our faith, which is our duty to God. So how has this definition of religious liberty shifted over the years? You know, for many years, most of our history, there was not a lot of case law. There weren't a lot of decisions or court conflicts over what that definition meant because the government kept to governing. And instead of passing laws that would infringe on religious liberty, they were focused on a more limited government. But as the courts started to dive into this, as legislators started to adopt more and more regulation that impacts issues that are critical to our families and our faith, we started seeing the conflict. And I think in that conflict, we also started to see some suggest that instead of the free exercise of religion, which is what's in the Constitution, we're seeing that be limited to sort of the free worship the ability to worship rather than exercise our faith in all the different ways that God's called us to do so. And that's a very significant change that we need to resist. So there's a difference between saying, uh, you can worship God however you want to. You're in your living room and you can worship God and we're not going to bother with that. But they're not saying that that's the same as being able to practice my faith in my workplace or apply my faith when I'm out in the public square. Precisely. And I think we're now even seeing, especially sort of once COVID started, um, the government has taken an even more aggressive approach to the worship aspect of it, as we saw how it was starting to shut down churches for extended periods of time while opening casinos and other, uh, you know, secular establishments. The government was trying to shut down the worship. We're also seeing it in terms of parenting and how it's playing out. Government officials are taking a more aggressive role in trying to limit parental authority. uh, And that's a part of our free exercise of religion, too. You know, people from other countries, uh, originally from other countries, who now live in the United States, actually on my street, uh, are very familiar with this because they come from places where there is no religious liberty. They come here and they say, uh, my precious America, it's changing. Uh, You don't understand the value, the the preciousness of what you have in all of these liberties. And you are beginning to become like, in your country, what we are escaping from in our country. 
It's so important that we understand these rights. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, this idea that uh, it was Christians who had an idea of liberty, both internal and external liberty, because they read the Bible. And they say, wow, the gospel sets me free from the power and the penalty of sin. But now with, with, with a liberated life, I can begin to liberate the institutions. Government does not have to be this oppressive monster anymore, but that it can be um, reflective of biblical principles. And so can the church. The church doesn't have to be this manipulation machine. It can actually express uh, the truth of God and people can be free to worship and exercise their faith. However, Christianity may be the root of religious liberty, but the fruit of liberty extends to more than just Christians. Explain that to us. Well, I think that's a part of the gospel as well, Kirk. I mean, we see that Jesus doesn't require us to accept him. Uh, we have an element of free will in that. And and the same thing is true when it comes to religious freedom. It's not the government's role to dictate to us how we are to interact with God. And in order to have religious freedom for one faith, we need to allow it for all faiths. Christians shouldn't be afraid of entering the public square, of entering the debate to be able to share our faith and to let the Holy Spirit work in those moments. And uh, so religious freedom applies not just to the Christian, but to the Muslim, to the Sikh, um, and to all the different faiths. I think this conversation is so timely, and I didn't have any idea that I would be bumping up against this very issue in my own life. Recently, uh, it's been in the news that I wrote a children's book that uh, champions biblical wisdom it's a story about a little acorn that grows and becomes this great big massive oak tree. And he, and he needs to learn wisdom through the different seasons. Like, how do I get through the winter? How do I get through the autumn? And also produce the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I wanted to do a story story reading, a story time at a public library, but I was denied by over 50 woke libraries who had previously hosted drag queen story hours. And it was clear they just didn't want me there. And so I've been reading the Constitution. I've been reading the Declaration of Independence. And I let them know that um, if this is a misunderstanding, that's no problem. Uh, but if this is a case of discriminating against me because of my sincerely held faith, well, then there are protections in place that don't allow me to be discriminated against. And I'm prepared to see you in court and we can talk about those constitutional protections. Uh, fortunately, they reversed course and I went in there and read my story and thousands of people came to listen. But I think that most of us going through life don't expect to be in that position here in America. And then when we are, many of us are not aware of the protections in place that we need to know so that we can uh, push open those doors that people close in our face. Talk to us about the protections that we have as Americans. Well, we do have the First Amendment. That's the first place to start. I mean, the founders weren't perfect by any means, but they set in place the guideposts and the protections that we need, both through the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution, to be able to ensure that we have the right, the freedom to speak and to live and to raise our children consistent with our beliefs. It's wrong for the government to discriminate against people because of the viewpoint that they hold. It's wrong when the government opens up, for example, a forum and decides that it's all on the same subject, but there's a particular view, a religious view that can't be presented in that. But I think you're bringing up an important point too, is 
there's a measure of courage and resources that need to be taken. We have to understand our rights, and then we have to be willing to assert those rights and push back. And when we do that, oftentimes it doesn't result in litigation, but it does result in the fruit of the gospel being shared. And governments will back down when they sense that you know what your rights are but they will press you on it. We see this especially in the public education system uh, where students, for example, when they don't press forward and saying, hey, wait, this is discrimination. I have the right to speak. But then when they do, the schools back down because they know what they're doing is wrong. And it sounds like that's similar to what your experience was. Yeah. Can these religious protections that are put in place actually hurt us if they are protecting really bad ideas in the public square. What happens when Marxists who are fundamentally opposed to the the biblical foundations that give us freedom use these protections to advance ideas that will erode our very republic? We engage. The way to pursue truth is to speak truth, and the way to persuade is to enter the marketplace. We can't have free speech if we don't give free speech to everyone. And again, we shouldn't be afraid to engage and to speak the truth in all of these settings. In addition to the First Amendment protections, there are protections involving the right to associate There are state protections that are in place. There are non-discrimination laws that also protect us. So again, yes, there are concerns. We've seen concerns about what's being taught in the public education system or how are bad ideas entering. But the best way to correct bad ideas is to put forth good ideas. And if Mm. we try to use the government power to silence ideas that we oppose, then that means the government has the power to silence our own ideas. And that's far more dangerous. It's actually totalitarian. And we know what the results will be. And that in the end, we won't be able to share ideas and help people see the light and understand the truth. Kristen, let me ask you about the 303 Creative versus Ellenis case. You appeared before the Supreme Court arguing that case. What, what can you tell us about it? Well, it was a busy month. We argued the case at the United States Supreme Court on December 5th, and I had the privilege of arguing the case. 303 Creative is a website and graphic design business, and it's owned by Lori Smith in Colorado. Lori wants to be able to design things that are close to her heart. She's a believer. She wants to be able to promote um, ideas that, again, enter the marketplace and speak truth including the truth of marriage and to show the beauty of God's design for marriage. But Colorado took the position that if she wanted to create custom wedding websites that would share God's design for marriage through a particular wedding or couple announcing that wedding, she would have to do the same thing for same-sex weddings and that she would face significant penalties and repercussions if she didn't. That case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, as I said, and we argued it on December 5th. In some sense, it's a follow-up on the Masterpiece Cake Shop case that was argued five years ago as well, but that was decided on the free exercise of religion grounds. This case will be looking at free speech. How do you think that it will go based on the previous cases and uh, the, the, the judges in the Supreme Court? I'm very hopeful. I've been in this long enough to know that if you try to predict exactly what the court will do, you'll get, get it wrong. 
but the oral argument was very lengthy. Hours and hours went longer than expected. The court asked great questions. And based on the questions that were asked, I do believe the court understands that it needs to protect Lori's speech and that by doing so, it protects the speech of all Americans because her decisions are based on what the message is that she's being asked to create, not who the person is that is requesting it. And that's a critical distinction for the First Amendment. Kristen, you deal every day with this subject of people knowing their rights. The Constitution protects rights for us to be able to do things because these rights come to us from God and that's the, the government's job is to secure those rights, to protect them so nobody can take them away from us. But if we don't know those rights, um, governments have a long history of taking rights away from people. Talk to us about the importance of everyday people, pastors, parents, business owners, knowing their rights. First of all, in the in the COVID period that we had, the first couple of years, we were inundated at Alliance Defending Freedom with requests from pastors saying, what do I do? And it's not just about what was happening at the state level or at the federal level, but at the local level, at right. the city council level, with local mayors in small towns. I mean, some of the worst discrimination happened in some of the smallest towns in Midwest America. Um, so I would say, first of all, knowing our rights is critical so that we can push back when the government takes, you know, tries to take those rights away. I think it's important to realize it's not that the government in and of itself is evil. That is a government is instituted by God. But when people get power, they tend to misuse power. And we are lacking a moral consensus and an understanding of what the role of government is anymore. So by pushing back and ensuring that our constitutional rights are protected, we're not just protecting ourselves, but we're protecting others. But I think it also underscores the need to develop good relationships with government officials. So in those times, like at the beginning of COVID, when we didn't really know what we were dealing with, we're working in cooperation to figure out the best path forward so that the church can still serve as that hospital. And then if things go sideways, we can educate officials on what our rights are because there were thousands of officials that didn't understand what, what they could and couldn't do. And we could educate them and open those churches up. And for those officials who are intransigent and are trying to use this as cover to discriminate, we go after them and sue them. It's so good to be talking to someone like you who loves God and also loves the institution of government and yet recognizes the downward drag of the, of the sin in the human heart that causes people to misuse the good institution and the power of government. Some of us can remember something about fifth grade civics class in school with regard to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, maybe life, liberty, and, and happiness kind of thing. Talk to us about the uniqueness and the historical significance of saying that our rights come to us from our creator. This is not like other countries where your president tells you, you have the right to do this. We say, no, 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 we actually are the government of our country and you, you in Washington DC are our representatives and our rights to come to us from God. Well, if you allow the government to believe the mistaken notion that it grants you your rights, then the government has the right to take away those rights. Mm. And instead, our founders believed and rightly understood that the rights we have are rooted in our human dignity, in the fact that we are image bearers of God, that there are some things that the government can't touch, 
that it can't mess with and it can't tell us what to do. And, and there are jurisdictions to be had, the jurisdiction of our family, the duties that we owe to our churches. The government isn't the be all end all. So it's a blessing that we have this rooted in our Declaration of Independence and that our founders understood that some things the government just doesn't have the power to do. I will say, Kirk, though, that internationally, we, we're an international organization, and so we're working in countries across the world. And we do see a number of nations, though, that have some of the guarantees very similar to the First Amendment. They're not rooted in us as image bearers of God, but instead the government's giving those robust rights. And what we've seen is it's not worth the paper it's written on. Because when government officials get the power, they take that power back. Mm. And so we're the last nation in the world right now, the Western nation in the world, that is leading and protecting free speech more broadly. What's at stake for, for us in America if we don't know our rights? You're working around the world in other countries. What could it look like here if we don't educate ourselves? Well, first of all, I would say we're in this mess because the generation before us and our own generation has treated our faith as a private matter. We have allowed this to happen in part by not robustly living out our faith and buying into the concept that what you do in your home, you can do in your home, but don't take it out into the workplace. And so, you know, one of the things we're talking a lot about at ADF is our job is to go into the courtrooms and the legislatures, get good laws passed, stop bad laws, and then defend the laws that we need and help victims. Um, but in that process, we have also had to become truth tellers. We don't just keep the door open for the gospel. We have to share the gospel because the truth is at issue. Things that we never thought we would have to argue about, whether men and women exist and whether they're different. We need to speak out, as you said, and ground that in the word of God, because otherwise people aren't hearing that message. In terms of what's happening in other countries, I mean, we have offices around the world and, and they're persecuted. I mean, just this last couple of years, we've had to help secure hundreds of people out of prison for blasphemy um, in different nations. We, we're seeing all kinds of persecution. And for those that say, well, I don't care about religious freedom quite so much. What I would say is that civil liberties travel together. Do you care about your pocketbook? Do you care about the right to speak freely? Do you care about the freedom of the press? Do you care about the poor and the vulnerable and minorities? Because look around at North Korea and China and look at all these other nations. And what you see is when they don't have religious freedom, they don't have these other rights either. And I think that's an important thing that we need to consider here because we've got to protect it and safeguard it. Kristen, what are some of the lesser known protections that we have in the Constitution? People have heard of religious liberty and freedom of speech. What are some of the other ones that are important for us? Well, I, I think first of all, you talked about free speech. That's the critical issue of the day right now, I think, because they're using it in so many different ways. But we have rights as parents to be able to raise our children consistent with our convictions. We have the right of assembly, the right to gather, to develop intimate connections with our family and to be able to meet with those, the right to gather in groups and to be able to speak and advance causes together. We have the right of religious autonomy. We have the right of procedural due process as an example. Meaning the government can't pass laws without giving us adequate notice, without making it clear what wait those minute, laws Wait a minute, I saw that happen over and over in my state of California during the pandemic. There are processes that need to be put in place, and we need to hold the government to, to the standards that are in the Constitution, but That's also right. in regulatory law, in how a law is enacted, and how a regulation is enacted. And so many times, they're not following those laws. They're doing things in the dark of night. They're not following sunshine laws. We even have the right to... Um, 
ask for information and records. And that can be Absolutely. a very powerful tool to ask for information and records. And the other thing I would just add in terms of what this means, we can think about it in terms of blasphemy laws and what's happening more in the Middle East or in Asia. But in the UK right now, which is probably the closest to the US in terms of other countries and what we would expect, where we would expect liberty to be, we're defending cases right now involved in cases where people who silently prayed outside of abortion clinics are facing the threat of criminal punishments. There's a case right now we're involved in where a woman simply prayed outside of an abortion clinic and she's facing criminal penalties. This is not that far away if we don't insist on these rights being protected. Kristen, talk to the person right now who's saying, yes, you've convinced me, I need to learn more about my rights, um, but I don't know how. Where would you advise them to go to get started? Well, first of all, I think you can go to our website, which provides a number of handbooks on different rights and different aspects, wherever you're feeling the immediate pressure. But again, as you've already talked about, going to original documents, it's not that hard to read the components of the Constitution. And we have Google as well. And there are a number of articles that you can find on websites like Heritage Foundation as well, where they can outline it. There are courses that you can take. Um, I would encourage them to, people to take courses from those institutions that believe in the originalist view of how the Constitution should be interpreted, meaning we follow the text, we mean what it says, it doesn't change over time. Um, and certainly they can call our intake line and we can provide even more tools for them to be able to study our historical origins and what our rights are. But there are lots of places. Family policy institutes are also good places where you might be able to find state resources as well. But our website's a good start. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.